There are several references that I want to use this morning for this lesson on a gift beyond description. So I've got them on the slide and on the screen. You might want to note them, but I'll not ask you to turn there for the sake of time. I'll begin with Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And each of these references speaks about the gift of God to us, which is the gift not only of Christmas, but all year long, and the value of it. Romans 6 and 23, the first, if you will. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, verse 6. It talks about what God has done for us through Jesus. Here's what it says. And God raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. And then here's what's called the golden text of the Bible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here's another verse about this gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15, Paul says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In the King James it says, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Christmas is a time of gifts and giving. And that means that it's a time of shopping. Ever since the wise men from the east showed up at the stable of Jesus, the place where he was born, when they brought frankincense, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts to the Christ child, ever since that time, people have been exchanging gifts at what we call Christmas. Of course, our day and time is quite more complicated than that of the wise men. For one thing, the wise men didn't have to contend with heavy traffic and malls that are filled of people and parents running from one place to the next looking for the latest and the most desirable Nintendo PlayStation. They didn't have to contend with that. They didn't have to contend. The Magi didn't have to worry about sizes or colors or the return policy or gift cards. Uh, they didn't have to think about things like, because uh, there were no things like Razor scooters in those days or life-size Barbies or, or a GPS systems. Had there been GPS, GPS systems to worry about, they might have gotten to the Christ child sooner. And had they gotten sooner, they might not have missed him too because God has a time for everything. But it is a time that uh, is full of the idea of gifts and gift giving. And this year probably will be no exception. Millions of people, both children and adults, will open many gifts. Some won't fit. Some will be the wrong color. Uh, some will be returned or exchanged. A lot of gifts are given uh, as a sort of a polite gift. And uh, so being a polite gift, there may not be a lot of practicality to them, so they may be thrown in the closet, and next year you'll give them to somebody else. That's kind of the way the cycle goes, isn't it? And then, you know, there are some of us who, your family may do this thing called gag gifts. You know, you, year after year you kind of do some laughing kind of gifts, some gifts to make people laugh, and each year it kind of a little worse than the year before. And then sometimes you get gifts and you think, is this a gag gift and it really is a serious gift that you don't know how to respond? But I, I'm really concerned about refreshing our memories this morning about a gift that 
we shouldn't get accustomed to and it gives all year long. And even though you might have heard some of this before, it is good to be refreshed in our hearts about those things that does not perish that are eternal, that God gives to us. And so I, I want to talk to you here about a gift that everybody needs. A gift that will never wear out, never break down, never need repairing, never come with a missing part, and thank God never need to be assembled. The gift I want to talk about is appropriate for a small child, a teenager, an adult, a senior adult, boy or girl, male or female, there's no difference. I want to remind you it's a gift that we all need. It's the most valuable gift of all. And the gift that is most valuable of all came to us in the form of a baby in a manger. And that baby in that manger is God. Go ahead and clap your hands if you will. It's the right place to do so. We again remind ourselves it's the only reason for the season. On Christmas, or what we call Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God gave us the gift of His own Son, Jesus Christ, so that faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in Him, we could be forgiven of our sins and have eternal life. That's the message. This gift of Jesus is actually worth more than any gift that you will give or will be given to you. I don't want to take it lightly. It is a gift of a great price. My job is to remind you of that. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, about the value of this gift. And he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Can you say amen? Some of you have unwrapped this gift years ago. Some of you unwrapped it. Recently, some of you have yet to unwrap this gift of Jesus Christ, but the moment you unwrap this gift, you will cherish it forever. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said about this great gift, comparing uh, the, the gifts that men and women give and what God gives. In Matthew 13, he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. He says, when a man found this treasure in a field, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the whole field because the gift in it was so valuable. Again, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, oyster pearls, fine pearls. When the merchant finds a pearl of great value, he goes away and sells everything he has. And he buys that one pearl, the pearl of great price. That's what Jesus is to us. So Christmas is about the gift of Jesus and while it is an unspeakable gift, while it's a gift beyond description, I'm going to try to describe it anyhow in my feeble human effort. And I'm going to do something I haven't done before in delivering the Christmas message. I'm going to use the word Christmas. Christmas, one word, of course, as an acronym. And I'm going to take each letter from that word Christmas and try to describe to you this un indescribable, unspeakable gift. C is for the comforter. Jesus is our comforter. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus spent his entire ministry helping those who were hurting. He came, the Bible said, to seek and to save that which were lost. That's you and I. Jesus came to the residue of humanity, the, the dregs, if you will, as well as the high up and everybody in between. Jesus came to minister to the poor, the wounded, the hurting, the outcasts, because he loves everybody. 
one of the great preachers who is going to be with the Lord in, in, in the realm of this century, recently going to be with the Lord, Dr. E.V. Hill. E.V. Hill put it this way, African-American preacher. He could only do it like only E.V. Hill can. He says, Jesus came for those who were broke, busted, and disgusted. I don't know if that was you, but that was me. Somewhere in my life, I've been busted or disgusted or broke, and he came for us because he is our comforter. Can I get an amen here, church? You see, one of the reasons why Jesus was not appreciated and recognized from his birth to his adult years was because he focused his ministry on the most needed. Most kings of our day and people of prominence and even some politicians will generally focus their attention on people of affluence or position because most gifts are given to those who could give you something back. In this day and time. And so some kings and some queens and some people of influence generally will, uh, will put their attention on somebody who could do something else for them in return. But Jesus came to those who could never give him anything or do anything for him. He came to the woman who had 12 years of bleeding hemorrhage with an issue of blood that wouldn't stop. And it often embarrassed her in public when it began to bleed in her in ways that were uncontrollable. And because she had a bleeding issue, she was an outcast of society. But she touched the hem of his garment and was made whole. Jesus came to the demoniac of Gadara, who he had so many demons in him, he couldn't even keep clothes on. They bound him with chains... And they put him in the cemetery to live because he couldn't live among the normal people. And they bound him with chains and ropes and anything they bound him with, he would tear it apart. He would take stones and rocks and cut his body because there were so many demons. They were called legions in him. Jesus found him. Can I get an amen here? That's the kind of people Jesus came to. Jesus came to the harlot who was drugged at his feet in the presence of religious people. And the religious people said to Jesus, we caught this woman in harlotry she was in adultery according to the law of Moses she should be stoned to death what do you say Jesus said the first one of you that don't have any sin you pick up a boulder and you throw it they left Jesus said woman where are thine accusers she said Lord I have none he came and said to her neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more because he's our comforter clap your hands everybody and rejoice in him I like what Luke says Luke described his ministry, and Jesus was actually saying the words that Isaiah said about Jesus many years before. Look at it on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. He has sent me to heal the what? Have you ever been brokenhearted? You may be brokenhearted now. He didn't just come 2,000 years ago for that crowd. He came for us today. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. You don't have to be behind bars to be in captivity. If you, are, if you are addicted to drugs, alcohol, or promiscuous sex, you are in captivity. If you are addicted to an, if, if all you can do is grumble, complain, and fuss, you are in some form of captivity. If nobody wants to be around you, be, around you because all you have is condemnation and all you have is a bad 
bad word, you are in captivity. I'm telling you, but Jesus came to deliver you from captivity. If you have sickness in your body, you are in captivity. But the Bible says he came to give recovering of sight to the blind. Can I get an amen? You don't have to be physically blind to be blind because Satan's job is to put some kind of scale over your eyes to blind you from the truth. But Jesus came to take the scales off of your eyes and show you the truth. And he said that he's come to set liberty them that are bruised. I tell you, he is a comforter. The, the, the word Christmas begins with C, but it goes to the letter H. H means he is the Holy One. Can I get an amen here? By being the Holy One. In Mark 1.24, the Bible says Jesus came upon a man who was demon-possessed. And the man and the demon or demons in the man recognize the holiness of the Holy One. They said to Jesus, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? Yes, he did. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. You know what amazes me in contemporary America, December 16, 2007, Sunday? Is that even demons and darkness recognize the Holy One of God. The Bible says the demons recognize Him and they tremble. But we got America now. We got people who are in their sound mind. Who's supposed to be educated, affluent. Who's supposed to know truth and right and wrong. And they don't even recognize Jesus Christ. But that doesn't take away from His holiness. Can I get an amen here? I know that our society is doing everything it can to secularize Christianity. But He is still the Holy One. Somebody say, praise the Lord. He is sinless. He is holy. He is righteous. And you might not feel that you can live up to His standards. Pastor, how can I be holy in an unholy world? How can I resist the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life? How can I do it? If you let the Holy One live in you and you take His gift, you can overcome the lust of the flesh. You can quit cussing. You can quit swearing. You can quit fornication and adultery. You can quit all the vices that are dragging you down if you let the Holy Holy one be in you. He will give you the power to be holy. You see, what we find is that all of our world is corrupt. All of our world is corrupt and fallible. Every gift you give or you receive this year are not against gifts, but they are corruptible. They will rust and decay and somehow be forgotten. But Jesus is that gift, my friends, that is so holy and righteous that he goes beyond the material and he takes you into the realm of what is pure and righteous and holy. He does not disappoint you in his holiness. You know, over the years, since, since the birth of Christ and human history for the last 2,000 years, there have been people in our culture and cultures beyond us, meaning prior to us, I should say, who have followed men and women who have called themselves the Holy One. There have been false Christs and false messiahs. I read someplace uh, some time ago, where ever since 2,000 years ago, the birth of Christ and our present time. You remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, in the last days there'll be false Christs and false prophets. There'll be people saying Christ is in the desert, Christ is in the wilderness, go see him. And he said, don't believe that, don't believe that, because there's only one Christ. And when he comes, every eye shall behold him and every knee shall bow, and there won't be any question he's Christ. But ever since the birth of Christ till now, there have been over 1,100 people through history who have come 
come calling themselves Christ. And they're not the Christ, not the Holy One. And they've come making promises to people who follow them. Promises that they could never fulfill. You remember Jim Jones? You remember Jim Jones? Some of you will. Because you're old enough to remember that he took about 900 people from Los Angeles, California, to the jungles of Guyana. He called himself the Messiah. He had people sign over all their social security checks coming directly to his account. He promised to feed them and clothe them. And he said, if we go to Guyana, we live out there in the jungles, we'll have our own law. And, I, and he called himself the Messiah. And he did many things that broke the law and violated people's trust. And when the law started following him down in Guyana, he caused the people over nine hundred men women and children to drink poison and destroy their life that to me is not the holy one are you hearing me you remember david koresh and waco texas can i see a witness here you remember when david koresh called himself the messiah and he was accused of uh, of milking people of their finances he was accused of polygamy and having a sexual intimacy with children and when the law started uh, following him he told his followers it's better that they burn themselves lit up the whole compound and many people died. You remember that? I'm telling you that there's only one holy one and it's not man-made. Help me hear somebody. You remember a few years ago when Hale-Bopp Comet was getting close to the earth. Some of you remember that when this constellation of stars and whatever it was, a comet was getting close to the earth. Some man got up with some people and said, you know what? This is our chance to go into eternity. We can get close to God. And he called himself the Christ and several supposedly well-learned intellectual people committed suicide hoping the comet will take them someplace else if you follow man you'll always lose if you follow political correctness you'll always be warped but if you follow the holy one he will guide you and lead you because he's the same yesterday today and forever god does not change oh hallelujah to jesus the holy one will lead you into holiness see his comforter H is Holy One. R in the word Christmas tells